Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Australian Politics Live. I'm Catherine Murphy, fresh back from America and one of the wildest weeks of my life. Uh, strangely enough, this episode is going to feature me. But instead of me talking to me, which let's be honest, would be the first sign of madness and probably not something that we would want to inflict on an audience, I'm going to be interviewed by the lovely Other Murph. Uh, In this episode, you're going to meet Laura Murphy-Oates, who is the host of our fantastic new podcast at Guardian Australia called Full Story. So Laura, over to you, mate. So today we're talking about Scott Morrison and Trump's relationship. And we're going to delve into what Scott Morrison is risking by allowing himself to get so close to Trump. Tonight, Prime Minister Scott Morrison is in the air on his way to the US, the first official visit by an Australian PM in over a decade. With our Prime Minister and his wife, Jenny Morrison, welcomed to the White House. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States and the Prime Minister of Australia. And thank you all very much. We're going to spend a lot of time with... Australia today. Today is our a very special day for the United States because we're honoring a great ally and a great friend. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Murph, uh, you got to see Trump and Morrison meet for the very first time in the US. What was that trip like? Tell me about what you saw. <laughs> well, it was quite a journey, really. We arrived in Washington and we had a whole program in Washington that was a lot of pomp and ceremony when we arrived there was a, a show of the military there was a brass band Trump and Morrison inspected the troops and there was also a state dinner which was a very posh affair uh, penguin suits and beautiful frocks and all of that sort of stuff Mr President this concludes the honors So then we went on to Ohio. We were going there predominantly to open a factory owned by an Australian billionaire box maker. We had been doing bits and pieces in the back of the box factory. And then we walked around into the front of the factory where uh, Donald Trump basically had a political rally. Um, Just excited to see President Trump. It's like nothing I have ever experienced in a in a political rally before. We've watched our country destroyed, businesses leaving. Finally, we're starting to get something back. And I think it's all because of Donald Trump. Is this common for a prime minister to go to a presidential rally? Well, I've not seen it before in my reporting lifetime, an Australian prime minister going to a, 
a campaign event, which this clearly was. Uh, it's it's pretty unusual. Trump came onto the stage. There was this thunderous music blasting out of the joint. We're profoundly grateful to be joined today by one of America's greatest friends and most loyal allies. Somebody that's uh, Trump ran onto the stage with Morrison. G'day, Ohio. How are you? You good? Now, it's great to be here in Wapakoneta. Is that right? Is that close? Wapakoneta. They have some chemistry. I think they sort of, they projected as a couple of leaders who had each other's measure, if I can put it that way. Uh, So they seemed comfortable in one another's company and they projected that. We're making jobs great again. Cheers. Murph, what are your takeaways from this after seeing the relationship actually play out up close and in person? The fact of the matter is Trump needs friends amongst global leaders. Morrison has indicated he's prepared to be one and he's prepared to be a friend to America on Trump's terms. Morrison's saying we're a good ally. We always turn up in all of these skirmishes. We pull our weight. America has a trade surplus with Australia. We are a model partner. We're great and we have always been great to America. And Trump, because he's heard exactly the story he wants to hear from the Australian leader, says, well, yeah, that's fantastic. Come have a state dinner. This is tremendous. Uh, It's also, frankly, about where Morrison's at Mm. in his prime ministership. This decision to really lean into the American alliance and, and to Trump specifically and this administration specifically is one of the biggest decisions this new prime minister has made. It's a really consequential decision. So Morrison has made this massive decision to lean into Trump. How does that compare to how the rest of the world is treating Trump right now? Well, I think obviously America is important to other liberal democracies around the world. In in our club of leaders, no one is going to actively shun America, even if Donald Trump happens to be the president, right? But I think around the world, there has been signs of leaders putting their relationships with Washington on care and maintenance. What has Trump tried to get support for and failed from other world leaders? Trump has struggled, for example, to persuade other world leaders to participate in a freedom of navigation exercise in the Strait of Hormuz. That's a critical shipping lane immediately adjacent to Iran. Oil comes in and out of that shipping lane. Trump tried to get a whole bunch of people involved. In the end, it was Boris Johnson, Scott Morrison, and himself. Uh, the Europeans said, oh, don't think so. Uh, you know, people are standing back a fraction from Trump. So Australia is really noticeable in terms of the warmth of the relationship. Why do you think that he has decided that this approach will work? Um, the rest of us at a distance from Donald Trump look at the guy and we think, holy dooly, <laughs> right? Um, Morrison is closer than the rest of us. Morrison has the benefit of private conversations with this guy and private conversations with Trump's cabinet. So he can sort of sweep away a lot of the noise of this Trump character, right? He has a more profound relationship. He understands what Trump thinks. He understands what the people around Trump thinks. So Morrison's calculation really is that Trump is a rational actor in the cloak of a demagogue. He looks at him and he sees 
somebody he can work with. He sees somebody who makes rational calculations and I guess somebody that whom he can anticipate to some degree. So the risks of leaning in are lower in Scott Morrison's mind. So from what you saw, do you think Trump is a rational actor? Well, let me take you into the Oval Office, which is where I got to observe the president at close range. Uh, we, uh, we'd we been waiting outside. We got bundled in really fast. It's a, it's a close, tight environment. I was standing about two or three metres away from the president in a big gaggle. What I observed, what I believe I saw, was uh, the president make a bunch of calculations in the moment. And that surprised me. Back home in Australia, we watch this guy on television. He just is kind of stream of consciousness weird, isn't he? I mean, it's Mm. you get this packaged version of him. What I saw standing two or three metres away was Trump survey the room, uh, look who was in the room, decide who he would give the call for a question to. Uh, It was... A, a performance of showmanship, I think I'd describe it as. So he really is making a whole bunch of decisions all at once about how to create chaos. How to create chaos. He's like a he's like a chaos factory, this guy. Why do you think that he's trying to create this chaos? Because it benefits him, because it, it alters the power dynamic in the room. If everybody else is off balance and struggling to work out, did he actually say what I just think he said or did he say something slightly different? Uh, you are on the back foot and he is in control mm. of the way that conversation is, is playing out. It's calculated chaos. Calculated chaos. Calculated chaos. So we have this half-hour press conference where he's catching everyone off guard. What is it like for Morrison being there, standing there beside him? (laughs) Well, He's a man of titanium. Believe me, I have to deal with this guy. He's not easy. (laughs) You might think he's a nice guy, okay? He's a man of of real, real strength. (laughs) Uh, Let's just say uh, he had a good game face. Uh, The United States is in a class by itself. We have the most powerful military in the world by far. It's nobody close. Uh, He didn't drop the mask, but there were a couple of occasions where I made eye contact in which he sort of had an oh my God expression coming out of his eyes. There was also a sort of slightly magic moment with Jenny Morrison, Scott Morrison's wife, who was in this this insane 35-minute spectacle. Uh, The nuclear now is at a level that it's never been before, and we pray to God we never have to use it. I happened to be holding Jenny Morrison's eye contact at just that moment. We all hope, and Scott hopes, we all pray that we never have to use nuclear, but there's nobody that has anywhere close to what we have. When uh, Donald Trump all of a sudden floated the prospect of a nuclear strike against Iran. The easiest thing I could do, in fact, I could do it while you're here, would say, go ahead, fellas, go do it. That would be a very bad day for Iran. That's the easiest thing I could do. It's so easy. It's all set to go. And she flinched. It was completely involuntary. Her face didn't change, but she flinched. And uh, I said in a piece that I wrote for the weekend, it was like her eyes said, help me. So Morrison, by becoming closer to Trump, is brought into this, this whirlwind in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like riding in Donald's madness was really like, if you wanted a tagline for the trip, it's sort of, you know, riding riding in Donald's madness. So the trip ends. What happens next? 
when I got back to Australia, I genuinely felt like a Trump truck had hit me. <laughs> I was physically exhausted. I was mentally overwhelmed. I'd no sooner worked out where my socks were and unpacked my bag thoroughly when the New York Times literally woke me up with a breaking news alert that Trump and Morrison had uh, had a call, a private call, before the US trip that none of, certainly no Australian journalists knew about. We have some breaking news from uh, the United States, Lisa. It concerns another phone call President Trump has made. And this call was made to Australia's Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. What is the story of this phone call about? Well, we discover that uh, Morrison and Trump have had a conversation before the US trip. President Donald Trump asked Scott Morrison to help investigate the origins of an inquiry into Russian election interference. Trump wants Australia to investigate one of our own diplomats. That diplomat is Alexander Downer. Uh, He was a foreign minister. Then he became the High Commissioner in Britain. He met a Trump foreign policy advisor uh, in 2016. They say they uh, only had one beverage. Uh, Perhaps that's true. Perhaps there were more than one (laughs) beverage. But anyway, a, a fairly intense conversation obviously occurred in which Alexander Downer learned that uh, Russia has material on Hillary Clinton. Now he's talking to a Trump aide, a Trump campaign aide, so presumably the Trump campaign has that information as well. This won't go away. This part of your career where you had the uh, the uh, conversation with the former Trump advisor, George Papadopoulos, it sort of follows you around, doesn't it? Well, people have asked me about it and I've said all I've ever got to say about it. Uh, Downer then decided to report that information back through Australian channels and also in a conversation with an American diplomat in London. I mean, I had a conversation with this guy and passed on the conversation. I mean, there's just nothing more to it. Which kicked off this whole firestorm about Russian interference in the presidential contest which led to the Mueller inquiry. So these drinks were really pretty consequential. Well, as bizarre as that seems, um, it it appears to be true. Now, we don't know uh, because we're never in possession of all the facts, right? Uh, We don't know whether this was the single event that set off that whole chain reaction that that has sort of thundered through Donald Trump's presidency about whether or not Russia exerted interference in the presidential election contest. We we don't know the whole story. So... The Mueller investigation happened. Trump doesn't like this investigation, makes him look bad. What happens next? Well, he sets up, because he's never accepted it, he sets up another investigation into the investigators. This is his Attorney General, William Barr. So this is the Barr inquiry. This is what uh, Trump speaks to Morrison about. He wants Australia to cooperate with the Barr inquiry, which is an investigation into Mueller or an effort to discredit Mueller, really. And what has Morrison said about this phone call? Well, he popped up on Sky News and he gave his version of what happened in the phone call. He said uh, that the president was after a point of contact with Australia about who specifically inside the government would be cooperating with this bar inquiry. Uh, And uh, then the president went on to talking about the trip. So Morrison downplayed this call massively. He said, you know, it's very routine. Uh, nothing to see here. A fairly un- uneventful conversation. Uh, <laughs> wasn't particularly pertinent or significant. So he was just after a point of contact in the Australian government. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we'd said we were prepared to uh, assist and cooperate with that investigation, which is not unusual. I mean, it, it was just business, basically, that we had made these undertakings to cooperate. So, who would be the person who's the Australian point of contact? Mm. Did we learn anything more about how we're going to cooperate with this investigation? No, I, I think we're really still, there, there's still a lot of questions about that. We did learn that Australia would be very reluctant to hand over diplomatic cables, that Morrison made that quite clear. He didn't say, we won't do that, but he said that would be highly unusual. So we won't? If it's very unusual. So at the moment, it's quite a hypothetical question. Though. So we may provide the cables or not? I'm just saying that that would be a very unusual thing to do. Which is kind of Prime mm. Minister speak for we won't do that. Regardless of how we decide to cooperate, how unusual is all this to agree to investigate one of our own diplomats or former diplomats? Oh, this is, we're, we're definitely not in Kansas anymore, kids. With this, we're a long way away from Kansas. And, of course, Scott Morrison is saying, well, we're not investigating our own diplomat, but that, in essence, is what the Americans are asking us to do. Who knows what's going to happen? Hang on to your hats. Who knows? So, basically, just in the past few weeks, we found out that Morrison's close relationship with Trump has meant he's had to weather press conferences about nuclear strikes on Iran, and he's also agreed to help investigate a former Australian diplomat. Why are we doing this? This sounds like this relationship is is very risky for us. Well, I think Morrison's calculation is uh, Trump is trying to disrupt the global order, both in foreign policy terms and economic terms. He's got this whole trade war with China, which could, on best case scenario, end with the Chinese changing the way they interact with other countries in economic agreements through trade agreements or foreign investment and all of that sort of stuff. If Trump can land any of the chaos, if he can, in fact, refashion these things slightly, then Australia will be a beneficiary of that. Mm. That is Morrison's calculation. If we just think about trade just for a second, Australia sort of has a complex position. At one level, we really want the Americans and the Chinese to not continue with this trade war because it's very damaging for Australia economically, right? But at another level... I think Scott Morrison really secretly hopes that Trump can get the Chinese leadership to make really big concessions Mm. on things like intellectual property, inbound foreign investment, all kinds of stuff, right? Because if the Chinese make these concessions, then everybody wins. Mm. So... Morrison's kind of, it's it's like the Tour de France, right? And you see those riders who, who get really close to the lead out guy and they sit in the slipstream, right? <laughs> they just sit directly behind and they get that benefit, right, of being close in the slipstream. They're not out having the, the primary fight, but they're sitting close enough to be the beneficiary. And that's where Morrison wants to position Australia. Is there a possibility that that calculation will be thrown in our face, that this could be the wrong choice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. This is high wire stuff. This is real high wire stuff with real world consequences. I've just talked a minute ago about the benefits of proximity, right? There are also substantial risks. What if things escalate in Iran that leaves Australia exposed to to being involved in an escalating conflict? That's just one example. If the the Chinese-American trade war just rumbles on, for another three years without resolution, 
if there is no benefit at the end of that, if the Chinese just dig in and say, nick off, Donald, we're not doing that, then we, we suffer. Australia suffers massively from that economically. Australia is trying to balance two very important relationships. America is our most important security partner and China is our most important economic partner. Now, Scott Morrison says all the time, this isn't a binary choice for Australia. We don't have to choose America or China and and not be able to sort of maintain both relationships. He says this a lot. It's not binary, but increasingly it kind of is. So the more uh, that uh, Australia mimics Trump's language about China, the riskier this becomes for Australia. If it's basically just the same language as Trump uses, then the Chinese will not take kindly to that. On top of that, the 2020 US election is looming. If the Democrats win that election, is there a risk that they're going to think poorly of us, that they'll see us as a country that is cooperating in what they may think of as a partisan investigation? Well, this is the risk. This is a genuine risk for Morrison in the event that uh, Donald Trump does not win the 2020 presidential race and a Democrat is in the in the White House at the end of that contest, then we're in a situation where unusually uh, we, we, have, we have sought a, a degree of closeness with Donald Trump to the extent, as we were talking about a minute ago, that Scott Morrison's appearing at a Trump rally with with the president. Now, <laughs> he didn't appear at a, at a rally while we were there with uh, Bernie Sanders or mm-hmm. um, with, uh, with Kamala Harris or with Elizabeth Warren. Uh, he appeared at a rally, campaign rally with Donald Trump. Now, in the event that the Democrats win the presidential election, uh, th- that will be something that a new president will reflect on. And uh, and and that's that is definitely a risk for Morrison in the event that uh, that Trump doesn't prevail in the election. What, what will the Democrats make of this period in our mutual history? So we could find ourselves on the bad side of the future. Well, well, look, uh, I don't know. Maybe Democrats, maybe they're all lovely people and they don't hold grudges and it's all fabulous and we'll all hug it out and it'll be fine. Uh, but uh, I think it does it it does put him very close to the wind. And uh, obviously this was a big publicised event uh, when we were in the States. It will be remembered by the Democrats whether or not uh, the relationship with Australia is bigger than that, is more significant than that. And so we let bygones be bygones and we all skip happily down the the garden path together and everything's fantastic. Well, great. (laughs) If they're big people, that's fantastic. But if they're more inclined to hold a grudge, well, then that's tricky. So the new Guardian podcast that Laura's hosting is called, Laura? Full Story. Full Story. It is coming out in a couple of weeks and you can get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts. In- Lots of places. You can get it on the internet. Wrap your ears around it, people. On the internet. Do Guardian website your- as well. <laughs> Guardian website. <laughs> wrap your ears around it. No, seriously, it's going to be great. Get behind it. It's going to be yeah. fabulous. We're going to have much more Murph content coming <laughs> coming soon and also other Guardian journalists. Uh, no. 
No, it'll be fantastic. It'll be really <laughs> fantastic. So look out for it. It's not far away. Now give us the honour roll of producers for this episode, Laura. So this episode was made by Joe Koning, Ellen Leobita, and executively produced by Miles Martin. Who executively produced everything that he can get his hands on. Marvellous Miles Martin, <laughs> well known to my audience. It's great. I'm really looking forward to it. Wrap your ears around it. Tell your friends. Coming soon. Thanks, Murph. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.